The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Our weekly American spot with Cal Thomas and first Marion McKeown, US correspondent for the Business Post. We're two weeks out from the midterm elections for seats in the Senate in the House of Representatives. An awful lot of the early voting has started, but the Democrats appear to be getting fearful that they're not just going to lose the House of Representatives, but they will lose the Senate. What's gone wrong for the Democratic fight back of recent weeks? Well, you know, I think what's gone wrong in one word is is the economy, as as it always is. They haven't gotten the message out about the economy. And, you know, I think it's there are 435 seats in the House of Representatives up for grabs. There are 36, I believe, in the Senate. But then there are governor's races. And critically importantly, there are races for secretary of states in the local states. And they control how the 2024 elections are going to be conducted. We know at least three or four of those have already said they will fix it for Trump to win in 2024. That's what they're running on. And then, of course, we have the state legislators. And it looks now like, as I say, you know, it's it's almost less damaging, I think, to lose the House, which they'll probably do, although not by a huge majority, um, than to lose a lot of these local races that they haven't been taking seriously enough for decades. But anyway, to get back, the Senate, there are about seven key seats in the Senate. Um, you know, John Fetterman is running in uh, Pennsylvania against Dr. Oz. That looked like it was Fetterman's to romp home. Then he had a stroke and Oz, you know, Oz had been behaving like an idiot, but there's been a massive spend there and it's narrowed. Um, Also, there was a big belief that that, uh, Wisconsin, that they could the Democrats could take it from Ron Johnson, who's behaved terribly as a senator, and give it to a young guy called Mandela Barnes. That's narrowed as well. Um, th- Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance in Ohio, notwithstanding J.D. Vance's appalling, you know, th- what he's offering is so appalling, it's still narrow. And then the Democrats could also lose in Nevada with a guy called L- Adam Lexalt, who could take what is a Democratic seat. In Georgia, Herschel Warner could still take the seat from Raphael Warnock. Um, and in Colorado, a race that hasn't really been covered. That's a Democratic seat held by John Bennett, regarded as a safe seat. But there's a moderate Republican called Joe O'Shea who's coming up and who's who's closing the gap. So, you know, Democrats are should be nervous. They need to get out there for the last um, 10 days or whatever is left and really push that they understand that people are hurt with the economy because you cannot hope to win the elections on big issues like abortion or climate change or or you know, other things like that. You have to focus on people's purses as well, on their walls and what they're paying for petrol. Okay, let me go to Cal on that. that. Let's get Cal in. What's your analysis of the way things are going and what's likely to happen when we do get to the counting of the votes in two weeks' time? Republicans are going to win uh, probably 30 seats in the House and possibly take the Senate. In the House, they're going to immediately do away with the January 6th committee uh, investigating Donald Trump. Uh, Whether that will be a political benefit or a liability, we will see. But one of the things that's most interesting in all of this early voting that's going on, uh, Matt and Marion, is that it explodes the myth that Democrats have been selling for the last couple of years that Republicans are going to try to suppress the vote. In Georgia alone this weekend, more than 80,000 voters showed up. Now, this is 
This is a state where the Democrats and uh, some corporations, including Major League Baseball, which pulled its uh, all-star game a couple of years ago out of Georgia, allegedly because uh, Republicans were trying to suppress minority voters. Uh, this is a state that uh, where they said that, uh, uh, you know, they're trying to keep people from voting. In fact, they were trying to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. So that myth has been exploded. And now Hillary Clinton has just been quoted as saying that Republicans are going to try to steal the election. You talk about irony of ironies. I mean, that is just hilarious to me when I read it. Why? Well, because the Democrats have been uh, pounding Trump and a lot of the people that Marion just mentioned for claiming that the last presidential election was stolen. I don't believe that, uh, but a lot of people still do. So now Hillary Clinton is turning around and saying that Republicans are going to steal this election. It's going to be close in some areas. There's a big debate tonight uh, between uh, John Fetterman and uh, and uh, Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania. And uh, it's all about turnout. You know, the, the polls are close in many states. It all depends on whether you get your people out. And I think the fact that 80,000 alone have voted in Georgia, 159% increase from the same day of early voting uh, four years ago is uh, is an interesting sign. It's going to see, we're going to see who turns out the most. I think Republicans have the uh, momentum and the incentive. But sorry, just going back to this thing about stealing the election, Cal, did you not hear Marion say that there are candidates for governorships and other key positions who are bluntly saying that they yeah. will manipulate the vote if in the 24 presidential election, if they're in power, to ensure yeah. that Trump wins, even if yeah. he doesn't? I think that's a big mistake, and I would certainly oppose that. I certainly oppose, as I said, I think last week on the program, uh, Eric Holder, uh, who was Obama's attorney general, is part of an organization that's trying to put attorney, uh, trying to put uh, uh, these people in office that would do the same thing on the Democrat side. I don't like any of this. Let's just have people show up and vote without any of this manipulation on both sides and restore integrity to our electoral process. If one side thinks the other side is cheating and stealing and then the other side responds with the same thing, we're never going to have faith in our electoral process again. And that is a damaging thing for democracy. So, Marion McKeown, both sides are at it. Uh, no, uh, you know, and I know, Cal, that you did refer to Eric Holder before the group, that there is absolutely no equivalency in what the Republicans are saying they're going to do and what Eric Holder um, is trying to do, which is to try and uh, get access to free and fair voting for everyone. It's an entirely different uh, concept. But I, w- I will say, you know, I don't know with this. I've got to say, and I don't know, Cal, if you feel the same with this half-term election, our midterm election, I wouldn't be surprised if the Democrats won. I wouldn't be surprised if the Republicans trounced the Democrats. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a cliffhanger. I cannot get a handle on this because everything, all the old certainties are up in the air. I wouldn't put any money on anyone. Um, I, I think that it will be an interesting debate tonight. But But I also... America is so volatile at the moment that there people will vote Republican for any Republican and people will vote Democrat for any Democrat. It's the the country has never been less predictable and and as I say, my main concern is is the the romp towards eroding free and fair elections. And I I think that that is the biggest concern. But also, Cal, you said about Georgia, and I'll say this very very quickly that the fact that there's a big turnout in Georgia ahead is despite what was done, not 
because of it. And I know I spoke to an election official in northeast Georgia, one of the counties last week, and he said that one of the things that has happened, and this is one example that I think I referred to before, there were seven drop boxes in this county because there a lot of people there are poor, they don't have cars. Previously they had seven drop boxes, now there's just one, which means that poor people will have to get a taxi to a drop box 20 miles away, whereas before it was down the road. That is suppressing the vote. OK, oh. Cal, Steve Bannon, four months in prison for contempt of Congress. But you were just saying there, you expect that if the Republicans manage to regain control of, of both houses, that they'll drop the January 6th committee, which wants to bring Trump forward as issued its own legal summons, ordering him to testify. Do you think he'll be protected by the Republicans that they'll stop him from having to testify? Uh, Trump is not going to testify. If the January 6th committee gets... Uh eliminated uh, there won't be the the uh, the summons will be void uh, Steve Bannon has been sentenced to what four months in prison uh, for uh, contempt of Congress which is rather ironic because a lot of people find Congress contemptible uh, but he's going to appeal that uh, he you know he's he's going to position himself as a martyr and the far right or the crazies on the right will uh, will treat him as such as they treat Alex Jones and other crazy people. Uh, you did mention Brittany Griner, right? Not yet. We're getting there. Oh, I thought you did. I'm sorry. I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention. Uh, but uh, look, all of, so much of this is is political, Matt. And, and this is not the kind of stuff that really um, uh, affects most Americans. The Republicans have said they're going to conduct all of these investigations of Hunter Biden and, and the border and, and all the rest. And, and that's fine. But that doesn't uh, reduce the cost of gasoline. It doesn't reduce the cost of food at the supermarket. It doesn't put more money in people's paychecks, which is being robbed right now by inflation. The, the few uh, pr- uh, wage increases that people have gotten has been stolen by inflation. These are the things that really matter. And if Republicans take over the Congress, they'll have a limited ability because of the uh, veto power of the president of the United States. But they need to address these things that uh, has caused the Republican surge uh, among voters. And if they don't, they're going to be out of office faster than they think. OK, well, you talk to me so about Brittany Griner, please, Cal. Well, this is a political act by the Russians, of course. I think a payback for our support of uh, Ukraine against uh, Russia's invasion of that country. Uh, the, you know, she, br- she brings in some, uh, uh, some cannabis oil and she apologized for it and the rest. Uh, this is an excessive sentence, nine years in prison. It makes no sense. I think there's going to be some kind of diplomatic exchange as there was during the Cold War. We give them a spy or two and they give her back. What's going to be done here, do you think, Marion McCone? Yeah, I agree with Cal on this. You know, I think it's absolutely disgraceful. As we said, she was given, this was prescribed for, you know, various aches and pains that these powerful athletes tend to have. She admitted that she brought it in accidentally. She packed it in a hurry, didn't realise it was in her suitcase. Uh, the sentence is entirely political. The, the rejection of the appeal is likewise entirely political. Uh, this is going to be used as some kind of leverage. But I really think, you know, she's one of the top uh, um, basketball players in the entire world. And I think that were this you know, LeBron James or something. I do think the Biden administration is doing, they are doing stuff, but I sort of feel that they're not doing enough. I feel that, you know, what has happened to her is really just appalling. And, and it, it, you know, I hope that there are things going on be- behind the scenes that we don't know about to free her. But I think that this denying of her appeal was pure leverage. It was a political act, not a legal one. Uh, Marion, what about Harvey Weinstein's trial in L.A.? Where's that at? 
Yeah, well, th- this is just a, there was jury selection last week and the week before, and now the part, the opening shots have been fired. And you know, it's actually quite shocking because his defense. Basically, there are I think it's eight women who have accused him of various crimes, from rape to sexual assault. And one of them, of course, we know is Jennifer Siebel Newsom, who's Gavin Newsom, the governor of California's wife, uh, and they've been married for for quite a while now. They've got two or three young children, um, and uh, this is this is one of the the um, she will be one of the witnesses, but the, oh, the Weinstein's defense attorney, Mark Worksman, uh, started out by saying that, uh, you know, typical, the accusers had either made up the assaults or they were engaged in transactional sex because Weinstein was so powerful. Basically, you know, he's portraying all these victims as power, as either groupies or just actresses who were happy to sleep their way to the top. And he describes, um, you know, Siebel Newsom as just another. To, she wants to avoid being seen as just another bimbo who slept with Harvey Weinstein to get ahead in Hollywood. And, you know, to, to talk about women like that in this day and age, I, I, like for a, a, a lawyer to do that, even in defending a client as repugnant as Harvey Weinstein, it's kind of shocking. Look, this trial, that I Weinstein, I will be amazed if he's not convicted. Uh, you know, I mean, California law does tend to favour the, the complainant, the um, you know, it, not favour them, but gives them a better, you know, it's, it's a more equal footing. Um, and I, I think that we have, we've seen plenty of past, you know, uh, record and any juror will have heard what's happened to Harvey Weinstein. Now, you don't bring that in, you you based on the facts, but I think the facts are pretty compelling. He's going okay. to get another 20 years, but it's moot. He's already serving 23. Uh, we have to leave it there. Thank you very much. Marion McKeown from the Business Post and Cal Thomas. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.